Welcome to episode 343 of the Overlook Hour. I'm your host, Clark Little. Along with me, as always, is the man sitting across the table from me. Of course, he is wearing his scary hat. Of course, he is wearing a horror-themed t-shirt. It's either going to be metal, it's either going to be horror, or it's going to be a t-shirt someone gave him. That is what his wardrobe consists of. It's Russell John, the Fisherman. What the hell? What kind of shirt intro was that? What do you mean? There's only two <laughs> elements here. It says Colt really big, and it's got ash on it. Oh, I, I didn't see the ash. Ketchum? Oh, I see the no, ash. No, not ash. Do you even know who Ash Ketchum is? <laughs> I do. I, yeah, I play Pokemon back in the you day. You look more like a Jack Ketchum you, kind of thank guy. You, <laughs> thank you. You beat me to it. I had it locked in the <laughs> chamber. Okay. That's why That's why we do this show together. We we share a brain every now and then. Yeah. Are you getting Jack Ketchum references <laughs> on Terry Gross? I don't think so, brother. <laughs> yeah. No, Um. I'm very immersed in Evil Dead. Uh. I don't, I don't know if we should talk about banked episodes, but we have Chad, who uh, for a while, f- f- Chad from Scary Thoughts, they hadn't put up an episode, so it's like, oh, cool, we'll have him on. And uh, the day Chad after Lott we recorded- Chad is the man's name? Yeah, and the day after we recorded, they put out their Evil Dead episode. So yeah, that would probably come out in two weeks or something, but I've been completely immersed in Evil Dead, so I had to wear a shirt. Well, bringing up of coming out in two weeks is Randy Michael Stat. <laughs> That's me. Also, when you said Chad Lott, I realized we have Chad Lott and Clark Little on the episode. CLs. <laughs> Baby. A lot and a little. Now, now, if I lobbed out that dud of a joke, you would have let it hang there. You would have rubbed it in. Actually, Lott and Little is pretty good. Oh, oh it's pretty what good. What is this bullshit? No, it just it sounds good. Yeah, Lot the Lizard. S- that's why. Lot lizard, yeah, I'm down for that. Little lot lizard. Also, speaking of lot lizard, <laughs> Oksana Valeria Osachi is here. I mean, I'm a couple years off, I think, from that. But what? Wait, hold on. <laughs> you can't say. I. I mean, I guess yes. I. I think by virtue of the title of lot lizard, you are expecting a weathered older woman, which yeah. you are far away from that. I, I thought that was part of the yeah, requirement. No. You, you, your, your skincare is far is a far cry from a lot lizard. <laughs> yeah, so. I, I don't go into the sun, so that helps. Yeah, you got to look like you've been on the back of a Harley for 50 years. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. Right. I imagine those deeply rooted Eastern European roots don't work well with the sun. I mean... <laughs> but you're, you're, your people come from the coast, right? Yeah, I'm from the, the Black Sea. Yeah, aren't you taking summers on the Black Sea and a little tan? I mean, we did leave when I was about to turn four, so not too many summers on the Black Sea. But I do remember building snowmen. Oh, really? Yeah. On the Black Sea? No. (laughs) Black Sea snowman? That sounds like a fucking pulp novel or something. Also, I don't see sea colors. (laughs) God. Black Sea Snowman is an asylum film. Randy, I really like that. Just, <laughs> I just wanted to let you know. Wait, what did you say? I'm pretty sure uh, the Black Sea was where I got exposed to uh, monkeypox. Tuberculosis. Oh. <laughs> so I had to take some pills for that later on. As a baby? Jesus. No, I, I don't. <laughs> Randy, are you more scared of tuberculosis or monkeypox? Probably monkeypox. It sounds scarier. <laughs> Randy, how are you with swallowing pills? Oh my god, uh, I'm okay. 
Do you dry swallow? No, I have, but only like very small, like uh, antihistamine pills. Yeah. <laughs> but I couldn't do like a NyQuil pill, like sand or to water. Fish, or a fish oil? No, definitely Dude, not. Those, those fish oils are like swallowing an Escalade. All right, now ask <laughs> me. How are you with swallowing pills? I'm a pro. <laughs> I could dry swallow up to five pills at one time. Really? Yeah. Here's the thing. I used to dry swallow. <laughs> And then I gagged. Okay. And I, I, I don't dry swallow anymore. You still but brush your teeth, I've though. also been told that I swallow pills weird. Oh, is no. I'll take the water in my mouth first, and then I'll put the pill in. Oh, you drown the and pills. And it all goes down together. They go down better dead. Yeah. But the gag thing doesn't check out, because you, I hear you gag when you're brushing your teeth. Oh, yeah. I gag when I brush my teeth. <laughs> but that was the thing. I, I, I don't know what it was. I used to dry swallow pills all the time. What pills are you taking all the time? I took a lot of speed. Okay. <laughs> in pill form? I've never done speed. I don't know. Um, but, I, you know. I, uh, Wait, no. Is it a pill form? Does anybody here actually know? Well, okay, no good. clue. Yes. <laughs> it is? I thought it was powder. Fucking Adderall is essentially speed. Oh, okay. Touche. You're yeah. correct. Um, but, yeah, dude. I, I have a very, very... Uh, sensitive gag reflex. Why were you bringing that up? You're thinking about pills today? Well, she's talking about pills. Oh, okay. Because before we started recording, you mentioned there was a thing you wanted to talk about. I had assumed that was it. It's like dry swallowing pills. No. I'm like, what the <laughs> hell? Anyway, you know, normally we sit here and talk about food for like 30 minutes. Uh, today, I don't want to do that. Well, no, I could segue from food. We went over to my mom's house yesterday. Um, and we're recording on Monday. It is Memorial Day weekend. Happy Memorial Day, everyone. And um, Sunday we went over there and I hung out with my mom because she had texted us that she had made a bunch of food. And if we wanted to eat, we could just show up. So we left right after recording an interview with um, the Spine of Night guys, Philip Gillette and Morgan Galen King. That That's going to be out this week, right? Yeah. We decided on that. Okay, cool. Yeah, definitely check that out. And if you haven't seen it in the Spine of Night Rotoscope Masterpiece, I love it. May uh, I say? Stamp of approval. Fantastic interview. Yeah, so I fo followed it up with the, what I thought would be a feast. Went over to my parents' house. None of the food was ready. And I, before we had strategized on, like, I tend to get trapped if I ever go over anybody's house and I end up there all night. So I was like, no, we're going to have a strategy. We'll get out of there early. Didn't quite do that. Of course. No, I know. Yeah, it was better. We weren't there till like one in the I morning. I just, it's, it's sad to me that I know things that you should know. I know them. I try to put it out in the universe so that it can come true. Mm. But it all comes down to action no. and execution. No, no. I, you know, I am a uh, practitioner of psycho magic now, and I uh, <laughs> will, I'll treat, uh, I'll show you the way. I'm still learning, though. I'm an apprentice. I'm not a full blown wizard yet. And also, uh, now, who, out of your parents, who was in charge of, of the food? Oh, was it your mom a, or was it your dad or was it a team effort? Why do you ask? I'm curious. Well, because. <laughs> Different reputations. Because yeah, I, I, I know your parents well. Mm -hmm. And I know your father's timing of his oh, culinary dear. expertise. Oh, yeah. It's always dinner and a where, movie. Where one time we were promised breakfast at 11 o'clock. <laughs> and then at 2.30, we were served breakfast. <laughs> In, in like uh, portions, too. Yeah. It's like the eggs are done. And you're like, okay, dude. That was the day that we uh, had to evacuate. It's like, Sean, eggs take three minutes. I, yeah, but he's got to do the whole song and dance, <laughs> which we did get. 
and he was in charge of the grilling. It was a team effort, though. So what ended up happening was we just hung out with my mom and watched uh, TV, which I don't normally do. But she she she's like me, and she wants to be a host more than have fun when people are there, like sure. personally. So she was cycling. We got in there, and she was watching The Circle, the reality game show on Netflix, which nobody in here watches that, right? Hell. All right. Then this question is for uh, our audience. Wh- what? How do you win? Like, I know you get voted off there, but they have a catfish element where you can show up. Like, I'm not going to break down this whole show. I just don't understand the game element. Like, if you came out and you're like, hey, I'm a catfish. Do you lose? Do they vote you off? My mom couldn't answer these questions. She's watched all of it. <laughs> so, again, I'm a little confused. I mean, we saw the first season exclusively with her as well. And someone did come out as a catfish and explained why they did it. And people were like, oh, OK, yeah, I understand. And they still voted her yeah, off. Yeah, well, her reason was she was like heavy right yeah and she was and she's like, like oh i'm kind of, like, of fat body image issues and like the internet's so mean to like bigger people whatever and then like everyone was like very sympathetic but i think she still got voted off yeah she got voted like, off yeah but she's still a catfish <laughs> well because it is still the internet so i watched that that show it really hasn't changed for me um i mean i enjoy watching it with other people who like it but i could say that about anything then we watched uh the new episode of uh alone which is back and now they're in polar bear territory. Y'all are sleeping on alone. I'm looking at co-hosts now. I've seen a season. Which one? Uh, I don't remember. <laughs> I love alone. It was good I, though. I hate reality TV. Well, it's a, it's like Survivor Man though. Yeah, I'm sick of that shit. Well, it is kind of a uh, in the found footage genre too. Also, he's canceled. Like once uh, Survivor Man got he's canceled, pedophile. No, he's not. And my heart is. Oh, okay. He's Canadian. <laughs> they can't do that. Is there a Canadian pedophile? That's Look the question. that up, please. <laughs> I'd rather not, Randy. You got the VPN. I want to know how many Canadian pedophiles are. I would just assume Trudeau is one, right? He's already done blackface. He's probably a pedophile. <sighs> I don't That's know. Fair. I, uh, I don't get pedo vibes out of him. Out of Trudeau? Yeah. Here, famous words. He's a pedophile. Yeah, it's true. All right. No, you so from him alone, you it's heard great. That classic Canadian accent. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually his brother admitting that he's a pedophile. Um, Dustin Trudeau. No, alone. I fucking I love that show. So if you haven't watched that, watch it. Uh, then my mom was like, you guys need to watch and talk about evil. Do you know that show? Oh, the sort fucking the, the guy from Saw. Yeah. Wait, who's from Saw in it? Uh. Hello, Zep. He plays Zep, the orderly. Zep, the wait in in evil. So I was kind of half watching yeah. it. I thought it was okay. I'm I'm kind of tired of the whole like. I think a uh, friend of the show, Robbie Smith, enjoyed that show. I mean, it's cool. Um, it, it's funny because I mentioned Psycho Magic earlier, and I think that show's kind of. I'm not watching network TV show. Oh, it's a network show. Yeah, I didn't get that vibe from it. Mm. Have you watched any of it? No. Oh, well, I watched episode one and it's a a procedural, right? It's like, I think she's a lawyer and uh, she's working for like a government agency and she's been accused of always siding with them. And she's like, I only tell the truth. Like if it's for or against them, then whatever. And then she gets paired up with a hot black dude who happens to be a Christian. Oh, and he's like, "Uh, we want to hire you because checking all my boxes, because the problem is that whenever we're trying to really figure out who's demon possessed, they the Venn diagram shares a lot of space with just a regular psychopath. 
So we need you to help us break down which is which. And uh, she starts getting possessed by a uh, scary CGI demon every night who's like cutting off her fingers and shit. And um, they do the thing where it's like, she's like, I don't believe in God, but this shit's happening to me now. But there's probably a real reason why. So I don't know. It was pretty interesting. Would you be interested in continuing that? <laughs> you don't seem thrilled about it. <laughs> I mean, no, I mean, it was interesting. Um, she's a skeptical clinical psychologist, not a lawyer. <laughs> I mean, but. watch your mouth. <laughs> I, I apologize. Watch Again, your mouth. I was half paying attention. I thought the horror was pretty, for being network TV, it was pretty good. Yeah, it looked good. I would watch this. Look at y'all slumming it. Well, here's the thing. The premise is where it kind of loses me. Because this, I couldn't, it's like, what is this, like a Republican nightmare? Like where it's, it's like the church is real, but there's uh, disinformation out there that is spreading. Because so here, I'll, I guess I'll get a little bit into it. There's a uh, bad guy character in this who's a boring looking white dude who's like, I'm Lucifer, but he doesn't actually say that. And his whole thing is that he's putting bad ideas out there that starts to make people think there are demons and shit, yeah. which there might be. Which he claims, you know, the easiest people to convince are the ones that don't believe in God because there's no salvation. Again, I'm kind of projecting into this, but I'm like, this feels like a uh, Republican nightmare. And I, I apologize to our listener. I know you guys are uh, film fans and the word Republican is probably triggering you yeah, right now. I'd love it if you didn't <laughs> say it anymore. In this episode. I, yeah, we might get pulled now. Um, I apologize again. The last good network TV show that I enjoyed was fucking Hannibal. Oh, yeah. Man, I really didn't appreciate that show. I like I really enjoyed it, but I didn't I never finished it. Nor did I. I own it all on Blu-ray. Yeah, and I sure. watched we 90% did, of it. We didn't watch um the last season. Because it ended and it <sighs> That's the thing. I, I went through this period where I wouldn't finish stuff that I was invested in. Welcome to everything I do. You know, and I don't typically do that, but I've done that with shows that I love, like Halt and Catch Fire. Never finished it. Well, with movies, even if I hate them, I'll finish them. Or a book. I think that's why I might stay away from TV. Yeah. TV's tricky. But well, t- TV is one of my first loves. Um, well, I, I love television. You did watch this show. Again, uh, I'm wearing an Evil Dead shirt because I'm immersed in it. And I bought the game, the Evil Dead game. Didn't so, finish the show. I'm not sure how the cross-platform shit works. Uh, but if you, if you got it, hit me up. DM me on Instagram or something. I'm Lord Battle. Because I want to play it. The the online thing I tried one time and I didn't know what the fuck I was doing, but I'll figure it out. I uh, beat mission three, so I feel like I'm making progress. But the show contains, uh, or the game contains a bunch of characters from the show. So I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to get back in the show. Because when the first episode dropped, I watched it and I was like, hey, this is rad. Yeah, it was good. Never returned yeah. to it. Yep. So I think my stars subscription lapsed and then I was uh, stuck in the purgatory. I got um, season one and two on Blu-ray. How many seasons were there? I think three. Okay. I think there are three, but uh, hey, I'm in like between scary thoughts and this game. I'm just kind of like seeing evil dead everywhere now. So yeah. How far did you get? Just season two? I think I finished season one. Oh shit! I mean, it's good. Did you like it? But dude, that I feel like that show came out ten years ago, almost. Really? Didn't it just end? Twenty fifteen, or am I tripping? Twenty eighteen. Okay, so it, yeah, man, I don't know. 
uh, the child's play show too like i feel like i'm missing a lot of shit i should really just keep up with the true like horror slasher like lowbrow entertainment stuff because i i mean that first episode with asha boning a girl in the bathroom of a bar yeah smacking her with the wood hand yeah it's like how am i not watching this show (laughs) i don't i don't know man i got a weird relationship with them so what you're not gonna end up watching evil with us clark come on no i can't would you yeah I don't know if I want to dip into it, honestly. <laughs> no, oh, we- no, no, no. I, when you said evil, I immediately assumed evil dead. Evil dead. Okay, well, we could do I'll, that. I'll do that. I'm not, I am not stupid to some CBS <laughs> bullshit. Would you play the game? What is the game? Evil dead game. Oh, now we're talking about, uh, we're going back and forth. Yeah. Oh, the, the video game? Yeah. Uh, it, it looks too hard for you. Yeah, I know. I think you would hate it. I enjoyed the, uh, the Friday the 13th game. Oh, very similar. That made me scream. It's got a little bit. It did make you scream. God, <laughs> if we ever did a fucking Let's Play channel or something, we should have we should have been recording that. You did. He screamed. I think we talked about it when it came out. Um, I don't know. Does anybody else have anything up top? No. Uh, you were very excited. And I was less excited. We'll, we'll get into that. Uh, about the uh, Ricky Gervais stand-up special that mm. came out uh, earlier this week. I believe uh, Tuesday it came out. I like um, drama, dude. Now, both you and I, and I, I think, Ran- Randy, wh- where are you on uh, Mr. Gervais? Uh, I like him. I don't know. It's not really like a go-to. Like, I knew this was out, and I haven't checked it out yet, but I might eventually. So here's the thing. I adore Ricky Gervais as an entertainer. Now, notice my very specific wording. On how I describe this, uh-huh. um, you know, Ricky Gervais. I I appreciate you know the path that he took, and you know, because he's a radio man, and radio is. I I adore radio, radio and TV. Those were my first loves. Cuba. Yeah, let me tell you something. <laughs> I have radio on VHS. Thank you very much. I heard video killed him. I bought that for four dollars at Walmart, circa two thousand and six. <laughs> um. And I, I, I love radio, and I can't tell you how much time I've listened to his old XM radio show that he did with Stephen Merchant and Carl Pilkington, and then all the podcasts they did. Like, that was my introduction to the podcast. And, um, you know, many people point to Ricky Gervais as being, you know, really the first person to popularize uh, the podcast, and then Audible took that and, you know, most of his stuff is still available there. So, um, and then with his films and obviously, you know, his, you know, groundbreak, groundbreaking work in television, um, is, is great. Now, modern Ricky Gervais. Again, this is a man I love. I will listen. I will watch anything he does up to a point to where it's just a lot of this stuff is just rehashing the hits. Mm hmm. And even within his television, like his third season of Afterlife, I couldn't be less interested in that because the second season was truly, truly terrible. Um, and it was just a rehash of all his old stuff. And again, I'm, I'm someone who's, you know, I go back with, you know, Ricky Gervais over 10 years. And I've heard of a lot of his things. And, you know, when he's making references to a bit he did on the radio from, you know, 20 years ago, it's just like, all right. Are we still going to ride this wave here? Well, hold on. As a comedian, that's 
I mean, for the basic public, when you're making a show, wouldn't you want to go? No, I, 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 I'm with you here. Yeah. But, but it, it brings me to my bigger point with his stand-up. And here's the thing with that. Ricky Gervais did not grow up in his career through the stand-up circuit. Oh, okay. He did not, he didn't work the clubs. He was Ricky Gervais, and then he decided to do stand-up. And on paper, that's, you can easily do that because Ricky Gervais knows how to talk. He knows how to carry a room. He's got a point of view. He's got um, perspective and all that you need to be a successful stand-up. However, there's a different perspective you learn from working the stand-up clubs and working the circuits. And even though it looks a little different in the UK, it's still the process is still the same. And he never got that. And so some of his jokes would be classified as hacky because if you're working in the clubs, you're going to know what's hacky. And that you have to be in that vacuum. And if you're not in that vacuum, then you're 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 missing out on a lot of you know valuable perspective of of how you know the public is going to perceive you and and your art at that juncture. And again, a, a good portion of this standup that came out on Tuesday was you know rehash stuff and you know just sort of those jokes that uh, I feel like would have been presented differently had he had more of a traditional stronger stand-up background uh but you know that's not to say that i didn't enjoy the special um and uh because I, I i i like him and uh he certainly uh is not you know he's gonna say what he thinks and i will always appreciate that whether or not i agree with it and he's a smart dude too super smart yeah yeah i don't know that's weird uh i totally I can see it now. Now I'm thinking through it because I always kind of imagined him as like, uh, you know, other side of the pond, Louis C.K. But I'm like, Louis feels like a stand up, though. Well, he is. He yeah. Is, yeah. There's there's different. Um, I would say Sean Locke maybe would maybe uh, fit that bill. And Don't uh, know him. Well, Sean Locke passed away uh, this oh, past year. Hardly knew him. Um, <laughs> I, I love Sean Locke. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of good stand ups in, in Britain. Um but again, I don't know. Check it out. Uh, you know, he's, it's always going to be sort of shrouded in controversy. That's sort of his thing. All right. You good? I mean. <laughs> <laughs> what, bro? All right. Well, you know, I was thinking about it today. And it's like, you know, we flew in David, but he was he's a little confused. Again, David Lynch, Twin Peaks, I'm sure you heard of it. He comes out. <laughs> But it's not the weekend. It's a Monday. But it's a three-day weekend. So what the heck? What do you think? What's he going to talk about? Well, I would hope he would bring up the purpose of what Memorial Day is. Oh, you want him to break down the holiday? I think he's going to talk about it. He mostly ignores every holiday. Oh, okay. Right? He, every time he ignores them. I don't know. We'll see. All right, so you think he'll mention it? I think so. All right. Randy, you got any guesses? He's not American if he doesn't. I think he's going to go the normal weekday, and he's going he's gonna to choose a song that he's thinking about. All right. I, I kind of was there with Randy, too. Hopefully like, the song is God Bless the USA by Lee Greenwood. <laughs> <laughs> Oksana, prediction? Um, I think he's going to go political. 
Oh God! All right, <laughs> you're giving you're giving up on the cake. It's not the weekend. Okay. Yeah, I know. No cake during about, the week. We'll talk about patriotism and peace. Don't you love how the only paid member of the show uh, is completely veiled and missed? We never know what he's going to talk about. What kind of mood he's in? For all we know, he could be like senile today. All right. Well, that last one was rough. Let's start the show officially with uh, the creator of Twin Peaks and uh, Hollywood legend David Lynch. <laughs> Good morning. It's May 30, 2022, and it's a Monday. Today in the States, anyway, it's day three of weekend projects. It's a holiday weekend here. Ooh. And this morning... Before boarding the fun work train, I was thinking about the song <laughs> Hound Dog. Hell yeah. The first version by Big Mama Thornton yep. from the year 1953. Did you do anything on the train? <laughs> I hope all, all of you have a great time working on your projects, and if they're not the fun work projects, I still hope you're having a great time. Everyone, <laughs> have a great day. David, you're really phoning it in, dude. Oh, man. <laughs> it's because he's never not working. Never not working. Is that a podcast or something? Probably. Funny. Oh, there we go. All right. Well, I, I, was I assure you. That's not true. I um, <laughs> I got really excited when he came in and said something different, and then now I feel completely let down. Thanks, David. <laughs> David Lynch, everybody. This I love him, but this is becoming a nothing burger of a segment these days. Well, we get to watch him uh, turn to dust. I think. Well, yeah, as his throat is trying to eat him inside <laughs> out. <laughs> Man, the guttural noises. Yeah, there's a lot of... Dude. Dude, that OMM is rough. A lot of projectiles today, too. A lot of spit coming out Oof. of that mouth. Dude, that old man mouth. I don't, he doesn't got dentures, though, right? Oh, I don't know, dude. When, when the teeth are I'm like... I'm trying to Google that. When the teeth are like roaming around the mouth when people talk, man, it's kind of a... It creeps me out. Also, I'm still <laughs> waiting on my Canadian pedophile numbers. Yeah, do we have that in? Yeah. Let, you know, let me know when we have that in, and I'll uh, cue up the breaking news music. I just want to know any news on Canadian pedophiles, please. Um, okay, well, today, you know, I, I love having David Lynch in here. And, uh, you know, these old prolific directors. So I've been keeping up. I know everybody's dying to hear this. I've been keeping up with my book goal this year. Oh, boy. Trying to hit 50. I think I'm at 19. I thought you were going to hit 100. No. I'm not doing a hundred. Fifty is crazy. Where yeah. are you at now? Like nineteen, I think. Oh, I'm on track. If I go one a week, I I fell a little bit back, but I'm catching up. I'm currently reading five books too. So usually I get a big push out of nowhere. Clark is shaking his head. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, but aren't three of those like coffee table like film reference books? I think only one of them is. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, um, I have a new book. And it's uh, written by what, another old prolific filmmaker. Who almost directed Dune. 
almost directed Dune. Oh, the the great and powerful Alejandro Jodorowsky. And uh, God, could you imagine him on Rogan? <laughs> Dude, honestly, how has that not happened? I, you know, I was looking up Jodorowsky and I found a clip where uh, he was asked at a Q&A about meeting Kanye West. So they had met that video's out there and I was going to mine it for clips, but Jodorowsky can speak English. It's it wouldn't work on this show. You would need a vis- You would need subtitles. Hey, man, El Topo's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Dude. Also, he had no idea who Kanye was. When he met him. Jodorowsky? Yeah. I love that. And Kanye was fucking stoked. He was like, I was so inspired by uh, Holy Mountain. Holy Mountain. Yeah. You know, I've still had never seen Holy Mountain. Oh, really? Well, I own it. We should watch Just El Topo. Hey, maybe that could be a movie we watch today, because we will be doing a barbecue later and watching movies. Anyway, I picked up a book by uh, Alejandro Jodorowsky called The Manual of Psychomagic. Now, I didn't know what the fuck this thing was going to be. I have no experience with psychomagic with or without Alejandro Jodorowsky. But I loved his face on this. Very inquisitive. He's got kind of like a uh, a Steve Jobs thing going on. It's like he just told you a secret. Yeah. And it was like, (laughs) he's hot. He's like, I've got no underwear on. (laughs) Yeah. So I was like, okay. I once made an eight-year-old boy walk around naked all day on one of my film sets. (laughs) (laughs) Is he Canadian? (laughs) <laughs> no, it doesn't count. Um, here's the thing. I had no fucking... What do you think psychomagic is? I, I, it's something where I hear the word, it goes through my brain, and immediately goes out. Um, no processing. There's It goes straight <laughs> through the line. <laughs> so, in the book, he opens up talking about it. And the best way that I could contextualize it and keep it short is that it's kind of a, a justification of medieval sorcery. Where if Merlin were to be a real wizard and he had rituals, right? Maybe he prescribed that you boil a cat alive in a cauldron, take its bones out when they were finally and, uh, you know, pristinely bleached, put them in your mouth and chew them while you look into a mirror. And this is a spell of invisibility. (laughs) Well, we can do that with Dottie. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to Dottie. uh, The cat locked in her room currently. She's got soft bones. My, uh, my favorite name for Dottie now is to call her Dots. Dots. Like, What's up, Dots? Yeah, I like her. She's a white cat with black dots. Love you, Dottie. Uh, no, and th- that's a spell in here. And he'll break down why the human mind might start to see itself differently, and this could be a invisibility spell. It's kind of a hard one to grasp. Another one might be, hey, if you have somebody you hate, like you just can't stop hating them, and this could be over a decade, he might tell you to go get a Polaroid of them or print out a picture online You find their Instagram and print out some pictures and then put them on uh, some pumpkins, take a sledgehammer and smash them. And this will kind of create a memory in your brain of uh, some sort of con- conflict resolution and your brain, sub- your subconscious can rest and you can put it to bed and um, apparently it works for people. So this book is a collection of rituals, modern rituals that he's made for people to help them. Now, when I was reading this, I came across one that I thought uh, might help uh, our, our little friend Clark here. So if you, if you have an open <laughs> mind and you're willing to take some advice from Jodorowsky, I could prescribe you a ritual to quell your nicotine addiction. I hate this. <laughs> All right. <laughs> what, are you game? Come on. You got to have an open mind. I love nicotine. All right. Well, then it it's won't work. It's been there for me when you haven't. So <laughs> here, uh, his introduction to this, to let you know if it might work for you, uh, I think we'll instantly avoid this because 
It says, uh, when a consultant is prey to an addiction, it is impossible to detach from it if he does not wish to do so. Okay. So I think I, I agree with that. Are, where are you at? Gray area, maybe? What, with my addiction? Yeah. You, We're you, in it. You're, but you're enjoying it. Yeah. All right. Well, then let me just complete this segment. Maybe I'll just pitch it to you. Maybe these will sound like fun and you'll change your mind. Or maybe you'll just do them for fun. Um, he says, when the consultant does wish to do so, he will need enormous willpower to achieve it. After first trying to reduce as much possibly the daily quantity of cigarettes, the consultant should achieve this in 22 days by following this exercise. Uh, his grammar is perfect. That was me fucking up reading it. That's, anyway, you have to know that is my constant assumption. Okay, continue. Good. I mean, some of the shit I'm going to be reading later on is not me. So uh, <laughs> be forewarned. So here you go. You ready for the ritual? You taking shots at Tommy on that? Uh, no, not Tommy, <laughs> but the synopsis. Uh, I never take a shot at Tommy. I only love him. The consultant sleeps for only four hours each night. Did Ooh. I lose you already? Yes. <laughs> yep. 100%. All right. All right. Well, I'll just power through the rest. The consultant sleeps for only four hours each night placing a vessel of full water and a rubber glove near his bed. Now, I know you already got that. So uh, I figure we're, we're neutral now. Yeah. The consultant goes to bed at midnight and wakes up with an alarm clock at four in the morning. No, I did wake up at four. Okay. Okay. But, so, But I went to sleep at nine. All right. Upon opening his eyes, the consultant covers his head with a sheet, sticking an arm out from each side. He takes, a wet, he takes the wet rubber glove and rubs it over his entire body. Then, covered like that, he leaves the little bit of remaining water to evaporate. He gets up, takes a cold shower. The consultant should feel full of new energy. With a thick felt-tip pen, he writes on one side of a packet of cigarettes, No! On the other side, I can! <laughs> he eats at a Japanese restaurant. He keeps the chopsticks to cut them into pieces the size of cigarettes. He then puts them in a package with a little bottle of blessed water. Each time the consultant wants to smoke, he takes out a little piece of stick, wets it in the blessed water, and sucks it until the desire is gone. Is, is it weird I have an erection now? <laughs> I figured you would. <laughs> now, again, this is a longer entry. Normally, it will just end after the ritual. But he wrote, if this vice reigns in such a way that this, in spite of these efforts, the consultant still feels incapable of quitting, the consultant should demonstrate to his unconscious how harmful the habit is. To accomplish this, he should do the following. There's another ritual. This is unprecedented in this book. Are you ready? You buckled up for this one? Yep. The consultant makes wax dolls of his loved ones. Oh my God. On each doll... He glues some hair and fingernails from his loved ones. Each time during the day the consultant smokes, he draws a line in a booklet. Upon returning home, the consultant <laughs> counts the lines, then sticks a pin with a black head into the dolls. One pin for every cigarette smoked. Even if the consultant is a rational person, free of superstition, this act of witchcraft will be accepted by the unconsciousness as a real harm to loved ones. Little by little, he's calling you out by name. Suggested, <laughs> sequestered by guilt, the consultant will quit smoking. So then, after removing the pins and burying them in a potted plant that will remain in the consultant's home, he melts each doll into a heart shape and sends them as a gift to the loved ones, putting each one in the center of a box of chocolates. 
hey mom it's me (laughs) yeah can you do me a favor uh i'm really trying to quit smoking so um can you send me a bag of your fingernail clippings and hair (laughs) don't worry don't worry it's okay i know it sounds weird but i'm gonna send it back to you in the form of a melted doll of your person is that okay what the fuck is happening now i'll tell you that's one of the tame ones dude a lot of these are so fucking bizarre that r- r- upon reading them, like, has anybody ever done that? Like, there's one where you, where you have an, uh, a toxic relationship with your mom. Like, say your mom, is, if you're a female and your mom is kind of um, projecting on you and kind of trying to guide your life and you're to her, you're just a mirror image of her. Yeah. They prescribe that you print out a picture of her, cut the eyes holes out, wear it on your face and then walk around and buy coffee. And go to and like, dude. It's I'm like, has anybody ever done this? This sounds like an Ari Aster film. Um, it's dude, it's gnarly. So when I uh, I was trying to you know play off of David Lynch a little bit, and I wanted to see if Alejandro had a a clip maybe talking about it, and I did find a trailer where some news organization uh asked the uh, tough question: Where does the magic in psycho magic come from? And uh, here we go. But where is the magic in psychomagic? Magic is everything that is mysterious and positive in our lives, but we don't know what it is. It is the subconscious world, the mysterious world that exists in our brain. Just as we don't know about everything that exists in the center of the earth, it's similar to the way in which we are ignorant of how or why the universe was created. All right, so did that clear things up for you? (laughs) This guy's knucking futs. I, I love it. So, I mean, if you're a little bit interested in this, maybe go buy the book or do what I'm going to propose we do later. And we watched the documentary Alejandro made about it. So he already it seen up. it. You saw it. Okay, Randy, is yeah. it as crazy as I think it is? It's kind of boring. I don't know. I wasn't a huge <laughs> fan. Oh, damn it. You motherfucker. Now, Clark, ignore uh, producer Randy over there. The editor extreme. <laughs> I uh I got the documentary if you want to watch it. I um I looked at a little bit of a trailer and it looks gnarly. I I would like to ignore Randy, but I am a little worried now that he said it was boring. But I think that could be good barbecue fodder for later on today. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I did see a uh naked man painted in gold in a church. Does that pique your interest? The only barbecue fodder I'm interested in today is us going to the danger zone, dude. Okay, well, I mean, we could do it, but I, I, I'm I, kidding. I'm putting it on the table. Oh, wait, you were talking about Top Gun. What else am I talking about? I don't know. I the Kenny of- Loggins documentary? <laughs> <laughs> dude, we could be a, a doc barbecue. I can't think of any pun there. What, Otis Redding? I, no, no, nope, over my Sitting head. on the dock of the bay. Oh, my God. What are you, David Lynch? <laughs> Today! <laughs> okay. I'm, mo, there is no question he has talked about sitting on the dock of the bay in one of his... Oh, for sure. 100%. So, uh, come on, Doc, you down to watch it? What about Doc in? Oh, my God. You're, you're skirting around the object. I think you're a little worried. You might get a little horny. I'm not, I'm not doing that. Oksana, would you <laughs> want to watch it? You know, fuck y'all. I'm going to watch it, and I'm going to come back and I'm see why it's fucking entertaining randy Randy says it was boring and his favorite movies are boring ass movies Uh, so if he says it's boring i know it's boring now or it could be the reverse where randy hates things that are entertaining 
That's yeah, kind of true, too. Right. God damn it. <laughs> I was a big fan of his last two movies before that. And uh, I kind of knew that it was a documentary when I was going into it, but I don't know. I, I expected it to be a little more uh, interesting. And it's just, it's kind of just, uh, it kind of feels like you're watching a DVD special feature or something about Yodorowsky and Psychomagic. Yeah, that, I'm that's d- fair. I'm done with that. I, I, I can't take the Talking Head documentaries anymore. Oh, it's not Talking Head. And I think... I just mean that style. Yeah. Where it, if whereas if we don't have some sort of like cinema verite, I'm not interested. And I think I blame you for that. Okay. No, that's fair. Um, this is all cinema verite, though. He's following people around doing the rituals. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's a little better. Well, um, it's like that gold guy's walking in the street. So I have to watch it. Yeah, but I don't. I can I, do it alone. It's a holiday. I don't want a homework film today. Holiday. <laughs> I want I know. something stupid, you know? Well, then you should have watched the movie I'm about to talk about as we jump into... By the way. Wait. What? You have too many goddamn segments. I yes. know. I Dude, give me some time and I'll come up with a new segment. The TBR Report. Multi by POV Hard. <laughs> <laughs> and this one, uh, you know, of course, Randy cut his damn camera. He's taking his pee break. That's how we kick off the TBR Report. <laughs> Um, anyway, man, how do I set this one up? I don't know, but you've got three minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this one's a fucking trip, honestly. Um, all right, let's just start with the email. Thomas Burke, the, uh, found footage adventurer who's recently come back from Barbados and found some footage that we were lost in and we didn't even know. And we're floating around the screen and the screen life moment is beautiful. I wish that footage would have been lost. (laughs) Shout out to the Barbados Project. Anyway, Thomas Burke writes, In this week's TBR report, can we talk about the found footage film Mount Nobby? This movie is jam-packed with J-horror, violent crime, and the supernatural. But let's acknowledge the 20-foot monster cock that somehow makes two very bold appearances. I don't know. It's quite hard to describe. Not the cock, I mean. The movie. It's completely wild but also fascinating and entertaining and pays homage to the to many of the horror classics while still embodying its own original approach to narrative and storytelling. I'll just say one more thing. If the movies, if more movies were, if this would help if I could read, if more <laughs> movies like this were made, I'd seriously be all about it. Tell me what y'all think. Then he included the synopsis from IMDb. Earlier, I did warn people that although I uh, tend to not be able to read and have many seizures while doing so, uh, this is not my fault. This is what they actually have on their page. In October 2013, several video cameras and eight bodies of men and women were found in the mountain known as Mount Nabi, located in Chubu region of Japan. Many of the investigators fainted at the scenes as the bodies were gruesomely decapitated by the wild animals. A police investigation was carried, but the killer was never found till this day. What happens in the death of the mountain? All the best, Thomas Burke. Uh, and Thomas Burke wants me to sign off with. Here's a good day. Hey, was a good day. If you haven't listened to our breakdown of the Blackwell Ghost 6, uh, go back. Uh, Tom joined us for that, and we did learn that, in fact, he was. Here's a good day. And a pedophile. Was he a pedophile? No, he just raped eight women and murdered them or yeah, something. and ate them. And ate them. So, okay, Mount Nobby is, again, I don't know how the fuck Tom finds all these movies. Uh, 
but it's fantastic. It's um again, it falls into my Evil Dead theme this week. It's got um again, if you've never seen the film Versus, which was a Japanese zombie movie, which feels like the I don't know, the Japanese Evil Dead. We're we're really dealing with that kind of tone here. Um we open up with some filmmakers who are going to uh Mount Nobby to make a horror movie. And it, the format is it's all in world camera and it's got the faux doc approach of like the Blair Witch Project, but we're in Japan and uh, we travel to the mountain. Um, we uh, we get there and they're they're climbing up this mountain and it's kind of like a gag and they're they're complaining about how steep this mountain is and then they see a UFO and they're like holy shit it's a UFO and they're like you know what what if we just work that into our movie. We'll just say instead of the monsters that we're going to find, we'll just we'll be looking for this UFO. So there are hired actors as they were going to make a traditional found footage movie. And uh, they're not happy about this. They're like, what about the script? And it's like, don't worry, you're still the lead. But now we have real footage of a UFO. Um, This is one of those movies that it's better the less you know going in. But since Thomas did mention the uh, alien wiener that shows up later, I'll give you a little bit of context of what that actually looks like. You might be thinking of like a Geiger type alien, a xenomorph, as you know, a lot of phallic imagery there. This is more Sentai. Do you know what that means? Sentai. Now, it's not hentai, which is, you know, like tentacle porn and <laughs> mm-hmm. cartoon. Sentai is. Or henna, my favorite type of tattoo. Wait, oh, he- would you get henna? I have a henna t- uh, tramp stamp. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> is that a thing people get? No, yeah, they don't. Probably. They don't. They don't. No. Yeah. I'd, okay, we'll have to Google that later. Oh, I'm still waiting on my Canadian pedophile numbers. <laughs> yeah, do we have any updates? No, not in the middle of TBR. So Sentai is a... Uh, it's become shorthand for, like, Power Rangers. Because the Power Rangers show in Japan was called Super Sentai. Power Rangers suck. Sentai is, I believe, the actual word uh, refers to, like, a military force of, like, five people. Like, like kind of like a small group. So they called it Super Sentai because, you know, there were five rangers. Um, the reason I'm talking about that in relation to this film is the alien with said wiener looks like a Super Sentai villain. He's kind of got like the big bodysuit on. It looks good. Like Clark, you walked in as he was raping a lady. Yeah. How, how would you describe it? The penis <laughs> was the first thing I noticed. Very long, very slender. It was slender, yeah. Which is half of my penis. <laughs> You get to choose which which adjective. I was getting feline vibes from that wiener. The barbed uh, phallus. Yeah, yeah a cat. little bit. Yeah. Actually, I'm not, I know dog dick more than cat dick. <laughs> You're more of a red rocket kind of guy. Yeah, I know that red rocket. What's well, a cat dick look like? Cat sick blues. You don't remember? Yeah, but that's that's not a real cat. I want to. Well, it's a real. Show me a picture of a real cat penis, please. Okay, we could do that after. Um. <laughs> So yeah, the uh, it looks straight up like a Giver villain. If you've seen the Giver, Giger, not Giger, Giver, Giver. The Giver is like a movie that they Mugiver. Yeah, it's Mugiver, but it's just the Giver. McGiger. Okay, (laughs) (laughs) that's a movie that needs to be made. I could totally see that being like a Psycho Gorman type type of thing. Oh, dude! Actually, Psycho Gorman. That's very Sentai. Send that to Katowski, dude. Actually, all those villains in Psycho Gorman. Imagine if one of them had an erect uh, cat phallus and then uh, raped a Japanese lady. That is in a true. Cave. He had no wieners in Psycho Gorman. Well, they typ- what is that about? They typically don't. You should. 
I mean, Guar it, does. It definitely uh, got us talking about this movie. And uh, again, they they do a little bit in the beginning where um they have their makeup artist do some makeup and like do a little scare. And they they go kind of deadite with it later on. After the girls uh, have intercourse with this cat phallus, they kind of become possessed by, uh, I don't know, low budget makeup and veins in their face. Anyway, this um, the Sentai creature with the wiener looks a lot like a hook horror, too, if you're familiar with D&D. Anyway, it's got two giant blade hands and it loves to cut people in half at the waist. I've never seen a horror movie where so many bodies were flying around, cut in half at the waist. Mm. Um, I highly recommend this movie. I think you can get it on Amazon Prime. If not, maybe this could be a good one for uh, Discord if we ever end up doing that. And I'm going to keep talking so Clark can't yell at me for mentioning Discord. And that concludes... This concludes the Discord. What was this called? Penis Mountain? <laughs> Mount Nobby. That's <laughs> close. I know. I, I almost worked in a joke there, but I thought you would be mad at me. All right. Well, let's let's move this along because I didn't know your segments were going to take up 16 <laughs> days. Oh, I still got a lot more, too. <laughs> Why? I, because I had time. Okay. The film fest, is, we <laughs> haven't been doing anything with that. And like we had a three-day weekend. I don't know. We need to... Get out there and do some volunteer work or something. Get I thought you, about get it. Get you in a soup kitchen. I've thought about it. I, I don't know. I don't know if you could serve soup. Why? That's how little faith I have in you <laughs> with food service. I can't operate a ladle? I don't know. <laughs> Which way does this work? God. Oksana. No, you know what I don't like about ladles is when you when they slide in the, the pot. What? <laughs> Nothing. I uh, I regret it even started. <laughs> Everyone knows about the famous ladle slide. Jesus Christ. Randy, save us. Yes, sir. That's actually a good segue. Not the ladle or the soup talk, but um, the Japanese horror element. Uh, so yesterday, uh, after we decided to move this recording, I uh, was trying to find something to watch, and I wasn't interested by anything that was out this week. I uh, don't care to see Top Gun on opening weekend, but I'll oh, probably see it eventually. Dude, dude, movies are back, dude. Top Gun is like killing it. Oh, yeah. Doctor Strange probably uh, killed it too, I guess, right? Oh, Doctor Strange was crazy. Loved it. I want to go see it again. Still haven't seen it. But uh, in order to find some inspiration of something to watch, I walked down to uh, my local favorite uh, and only video store, Videodrome in Atlanta. I browsed the new releases section, hadn't really seen anything um, that I hadn't seen already, and I decided to go to the Japanese section, and I saw that uh, there was a movie from a director whose film that I saw in LA at a now-canceled and closed uh, theater. Uh, So years ago, I saw Funeral Parade of Roses at CineFamily in LA, loved it. Great Japanese horror film. (laughs) Um, And I had been meaning to check out some of his other movies, but I just never had. They seemed to be not super available. But uh, I saw they had a DVD of Demons, which came out in 1971. Uh, So I went ahead and rented that. And the synopsis is, after being robbed by a geisha, a ronin warrior carves a bloody path to seek revenge. And uh, yeah. It's a little over two hours. It is black and white. Um, 
and it it's definitely gets pretty violent. It's not as experimental as uh or as like avant-garde as a uh, funeral parade of roses is it's a little more traditional like storytelling but uh it gets pretty brutal it's uh quite bleak pretty dark uh the violence is uh pretty graphic and like looks looks good um yeah it's a it's a really interesting movie it's uh i think it's a little over two hours um and when i was researching it I noticed it's available on the Internet Archive. So if you uh, don't have a local video store that has very niche titles, um, you could check it out there. And uh, they also have a bunch of other stuff by um, Toshio Matsumoto. They actually have Funeral Parade of Roses on there. And they have uh, another one of his features that I haven't seen that I will probably be checking out. So, uh, yeah, yeah, it was a good one. I don't know if either of you have seen it, but... um. It's, no, it's we're looking solid. at the stills right now. They, it looks beautiful. Yeah, um, now, that's awesome. Randy, to the uninformed uh, listener, explain uh, to them what a Ronin is. Uh, a, a guy with a sword that fights people. <laughs> well, he's, he's like an outlaw samurai, right? Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, there's a, lot of, uh, there's a, a good amount of uh, sword fight. Well, not sword fighting. He's kind of the only one that, you know, dons the sword, but... um. He does use it in the movie for sure, but yeah, yeah, I don't know a lot about Ronin or samurai and stuff like that. So, but I samurai, mean, overall, it's just a revenge samurai. Tale. Culturally, I, they yeah. were tied to the government, and I believe the Ronin is alone, which is honestly supposed to be disgraceful. But American culture kind of took it and is like, Ronins are fucking cool. Ronins are cool. Well, I mean, when you think about it in like relation to the Western, it's like a lone gunman versus yeah, a gang, hundred percent. Yeah, so it's cool. Fucking you know, man with that no name. Sense. That's a Ronin. Now, Randy, uh, for the layman, describe what a geisha is. Uh, a lady uh, who, actually, I don't know. I don't know. But <laughs> in the movie. <laughs> it sounds like in a In the movie, she essentially is kind of like, it kind of plays with a little bit of a noir genre. So she's kind of like a femme fatale in this movie a little bit. Um, but yeah, essentially her and her husband like con him into giving them like a bunch of money. Um, yeah, and then he's uh he's mad about it because I'm mad about you. He lost his money, and uh, he's a Ronin, and he uh he wants revenge. And I don't know. I was looking for whore, <laughs> a concubine, <laughs> dude. I man, I love I love I love samurai movies. I just don't watch watch them anymore because my attention span is trash <laughs> for for foreign language films. But I, I miss it desperately. Do you love hmm. samurai pizza cats? See, that's why <laughs> the Stanford was so great. Because it, it, it could keep me in the pocket. You it, know what I mean? It's it, not it, dead it, yet. It kept me in the zone. But, man, I waited for like five years for them to do another Curacao Festival. It happens, and then fucking COVID comes no. and kills the Stanford for three years. Uh, correct. <laughs> it was monkeypox. <laughs> That was a shame. It was right in the middle of that. I'm upset y'all don't love monkeypox. I'm terrified and uh, enthralled. Wait, what's monkeypox? What's happening? Okay, don't worry about it. <laughs> Is that the new thing? It's a new thing. Okay. Yeah, apparently. Yay. So if you're uh, sexually active and in a gay club in Belgium, watch out. Ooh. I, okay. I knew you would get in there at some <laughs> point. <laughs> I'm down. For Besides which demons, the only other thing that I've seen this weekend that isn't television was Jackass 4.5 on Netflix. Yeah, me too, Hell brother. Yeah. 
Hell yeah. Uh, so yeah, Jeff Tremaine directing, uh, you know, all the same people in it. It's got more uh, of the stunts from Jackass Forever that didn't make it into the movie. And it is just very more, much more of a documentary. Um, there's a lot of like kind of behind the scenes footage and interviews and them kind of talking about the sort of like PTSD that they have of about being in Jackass and like never knowing if something is going to be a, a bit or a stunt or if you're going to get slapped or if a bathroom's yeah. going to explode, which is kind of, <laughs> kind of dark. Like it, you actually can kind of, uh, and like danger Aaron seems like he's, I don't know if he's mad about it, but you could tell that they kind of fucked with him a little too much. They've been fucking with him for 20 years. Yeah. I would say, bar none, he has gotten the worst treatment out of everything. For sure. Yeah. You know, I got a little bit of beef with uh, Jackass 4.5. Did you watch it? No, but I bought it. And that's the beef. Why? I don't think, well, because it's, you know, basically what Netflix did is they put up Blu-ray bonus features on there. Like that 4.5 yeah. is, you know, you buy the, the movie and then it's like, oh, I get more. Well, to be fair, they've been doing this their whole time. There's There's been yeah. a jackass 2.5, 3.5. But now, I mean, you know, as time goes on, eventually Blu-rays will go away. And I just feel like this kind of shit kind of steals the uh, mystique from the physical media. Like all those, like what, Eric Andre's in more stunts and shit too, right, Randy? Yeah, he makes a little more of an appearance here. Yeah, so like stuff like that would totally get people to buy that Blu-ray because like, oh, I'm here for yeah. Eric Andre, Eric Andre Nicotina. That's a very Barry thing. Oh, I like it. I'm sorry, nice. I my brain is all over. There's so a little more like Dark more Shark in this too. I like sorry, it less. But, okay. Um, there's a little more Dark Shark in here too. Oh, dude, the he Dark Shark, pretty, pretty good the, one. The clothes was good. Yeah. Wait, with the skydiving. Wait, who got bit by a shark? Poopies. Oh, poopies. Yeah. That's right. R.I.P. Dude, Poopy's got jacked up by a shark. It was bad. He got jacked by Jaws, dude. Um, also, uh, to reference our, our dear friend, uh, Robbie Smith, uh, did you see his letterbox review of Jackass no, 4.5? No. He wrote, he gave it three stars and said, depraved and questionable. <laughs> <laughs> dude, perfect. That's kind of fair. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. All right. Well. Randy, it sounds like you're having a party over there. Did you watch it alone? Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I'm watching everything you... alone. Dude, but not watching alone. You're a fool. Ah, yeah. Watching alone. <laughs> Dude, we should have a Godsmack uh, stinger for every time one of you two idiots watches something alone. Ah, watch alone. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure the audience will love that. It's going to be every episode for every movie that either of every us talk movie. about. <laughs> It'll play five times an episode. Dude, that Godsmack mashup with Spandau Ballet is oh, like yeah. one of my favorite things. No, it's really good. It's so good. That's the worst music video of all time. Scorpion King bullshit. That was before The Rock became The Rock. <laughs> <laughs> all right, cue it up. What am I? Oh, okay. Wait, give me a second. Okay. I, I got the QAnon stinger ready. Cue it up. Go. It's the Russell Retread. Oh, it's me. Yeah. Hi. Randy ain't seen this. <laughs> no. Now, this is a film. God, when did you talk about this movie? Um, Oksana. Over a year ago. Or I could look it up. Right? Had to have been over a year ago. Uh, it was a while ago. It was a good bit. Um, 
Violence Voyager is the film that we're talking about. That um, now, Russ, how did this get on your radar, Sam? Yeah, yep. Listener Sam, uh, he's a cohort in the Film Fest and a longtime listener of the show. Who oddly, uh, we met at a screening of the fear footage that we were introing, and he looked up our cat, like just all the podcasts we did, and he started listening because we had the cat phallus on here. Oh, Dave okay. Jackson, yeah. He likes a good cat wiener, too. I highly recommend Mount Nobby. Also, I saw a cryptic tweet from Dave Jackson uh, a day or two ago saying more news in the uh, Cat Sick Blues universe. Oh, shit. Cat Sick so. Twos. Oh, cat shits. <laughs> Get it? Twos. Shit. Oh, I, thank I, you. I, thank you. Thank you for walking me down. All right. Down, down the brown. Down the road. The dirt road. The rocky road. <laughs> okay. So here's here's the thing about Violence Voyager. Um, so Sam recommended this to you. You were watching it. I wandered downstairs, saw y'all watching it, and was immediately interested because this is unlike anything I had ever seen. Um, and it's v- quite difficult to describe the animation style in this. So Russell, I will, I will be sort of, you know, using your expertise in the animation field to kind of help me correlate my words here. Um, first of all, would we call this anime? Uh, well, anime is literally is anime a blanket term? No, it means Japan because it's Japan animation is where it comes from. Yeah. So you wouldn't, so it wouldn't be, well, it's actually more akin to South park because it's cardboard. Yes. Yeah. So I don't, I guess it's kind of stop motion, but it's, it's, but not every frame it's, they're still, it's, so it's kind of, more but like, they're providing just block movement with yeah. the cardboard essentially, but you, you, you never see a mouth move. You'll see a tongue come out <laughs> and that's, yeah. When, when they, when they start, you know, going for it with the animation, it, it just adds to how disturbing it all is. Uh, not, not to mention the the content, um, which is uh, we'll we'll get into here. But first of all, just how it looks. At, like you said, you know, Russell, it's it's all like cutouts, and it kind of looks like a picture book, um, essentially of of the, you know these characters moving, um, you know, in a non fluid manner. The ex- the exact opposite of the film that we're going to talk about on Thursday with the filmmakers using rotoscope. And so that's why when we, when I had to uh, watch the spine of night and we're talking to those filmmakers on Thursday, immediately for whatever reason, this film came to my mind because I did not finish it. And I was immediately, I was interested when I walked into it and I was like, okay, this is a good double feature. I'm going to watch this after spine of night. And that's what I did. And man, just, I, this is so good. I, I love this film. Never seen anything like it. And it is just so unique and so, so beautifully strange. Oh, yeah. There are odd, odd choices. And it's a very strange story. Essentially, we have an American kid in Japan. Um, he's pretty much the only white kid in his village. And he's got a white dad and a Japanese mom. And his name is Bobby. <laughs> And his best friend is Akun. Bobby. <laughs> Bobby. And his best friend's name is Akun. 
which <laughs> took me a while to get used to. We're going to be a cancel. <laughs> <laughs> you beat me to it. <laughs> I thought the same thing. <laughs> it's just like, because I think in one line in the film, <laughs> they were like, who is that? And it's like, he's a coon. <laughs> I believe there is a hyphen in there and it's probably oh. spelled with like a K. But his brother's, his brother's name is like Yukun. Yeah. It's like a coon and Yukun. And uh, essentially they, they're, they're going somewhere and they see a sign that says, oh, to this amusement park. And then they go and they cross this scary bridge over this giant gorge into this amusement park and they get in there and then they get kidnapped essentially um, by these monsters. And they, it's sort of like this role playing game where they're going through this park and they've got these water guns and they're shooting these little cardboard monsters down. Yeah, it's like the best kind of laser tag. Yeah. Never invented. Um, but then what we learn is that the proprietor of this park has been kidnapping kids and using them as food for his mutant baby child. And um, then there's a rescue mission uh, with Bobby's dad trying to save the day. And Are you running through this whole movie? I'm just naming. Okay. I'm just <laughs> saying what's happening. Um, I did find where I talked about it originally. It was episode 191. What? Damn. Yeah. So in 2020. Two years ago. Two years ago. Yep. God damn. I think we watched this towards the beginning of like lockdown or whatever. It looks like we had a uh, Michael Fausti on that episode when we used to do interviews oh and the God. intro. Yeah. Time is a flat circle, brother. And you know, <laughs> you mentioned that they used water guns. One of my favorite things about this movie is it is cardboard and they use a lot of liquid. A lot of liquid. And it's fucking fantastic. It's honestly, it's more like a animated pop-up book. It really is. It yeah. really is. I, that is the best way to describe this. It's fucking cool. And it gets really gnarly. It gets really gnarly. If you're not good with kid death, and let's be honest, who's not? Am I right? Those little fuckers <laughs> oh, deserve to go down. I got a little bit of kid death to talk about later on in this episode. Um, a lot of kid death. <laughs> a lot of kid death. Kid guts. Um, and I, but man, it's just something about this is just so, it's so fresh and so clean, so clean. I love it. Violence Voyager is, is great. It's, it's a fun watch. Is it still on prime? So that, thank you. Yeah. That, that brings up another good point. Yes, it is available on prime, but it is available through that little subsect of prime called freebie. What the fuck uh, is Freevee? So Freevee is a new thing on Prime where it's basically the the new substitute for IMDb TV. Oh, IMDb's gone? I don't know if IMDb's still around. I but think it is. Okay. Gone. But it is gone. So it's basically the substitute for that. Um but here's here's what I'll say with Freevee. Yes, there are commercials with this. I think the runtime's around 80 minutes. I think there were five commercials. Dude, 15 seconds a pop. And they were in not terrible places through the film. Because what I hate is that when they drop the commercial in the middle of a goddamn conversation. Yeah. None of that. And Only that one was like a rough, you know, a, a bit of a rough cut to the commercial. The rest were pretty seamless and it's 15 seconds and then you're right back in the movie. Now, I don't know. I think I'd be more into one block versus like just ruining the the momentum this this worked for me it okay. worked for me i i get that i prefer the block if you can do the block great yeah 
But I, you know, a lot of people just aren't you doing that. Go to the bathroom they, or something. They pepper it in. But the, the commercials <laughs> are like 15 seconds. Wait, I just realized I, I was going to make an argument for the block because it's like, yeah, it gives you a break. You could go to the bathroom. And I'm like, wait, you could just pause the fucking yeah. movie. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing so how you're watching- learning to be a person on this show. <laughs> I've been watching a lot of TV, dude. So. Well, I've, I looked up several articles related to this film and uh, they all described it as anime. I mean, it's shorthand and people get it. I, I disagree though. It's animation. Well, that's the thing. As I, I don't it know. It is Japanese though. Okay. You know what? I guess it could be anime. That was the thing. As yeah. I like, is all Japanese animation anime. I don't know. We're, we're trying to dissect culture and now. To be clear, this is a conversation I don't want to have with <laughs> anyone outside of this room <laughs> at this time. I want to be very clear. <laughs> I feel like I've gotten better with my animation toleration. Ooh. Ooh, animation toleration. That's a good segment. Um, that's good. <laughs> a little animation toleration. But, yeah, man, Violence Voyager is so good. So good. All right. Uh, so let's do... All right. Hit the cue again. All right. <laughs> I wonder who it's going to be. <laughs> It's the Randy Retread. <laughs> Last week, Randy Michael Stat told us about a film called Pleasure. That very same day, Russell John the Fisherman, Oksana Valeria Velosanchi, and myself, Clark William Little the First, all went downstairs, and then Russell's like, hey, you remember that porno movie that Randy <laughs> talked about? I downloaded it a while ago, so let's watch it. Under Pleasure. Allegedly. Alleged, alleged. Thank you so much, Randy. Our 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 in-house counsel, <laughs> Randy Stat, protecting us at all costs. So we uh, watched the film Pleasure. Now, uh, by uh, directed by uh, some foreign broad named Ninja. Yeah, how did we we skip that last time? I even made a note to. Ask I tried Randy. to power through it. I think that's why. Ninja Thyberg. That's pretty yeah. good. That's an AOL. Now, screen Randy, name. did she not do a short film based upon this? I believe she did. Yeah, I haven't seen yeah. that though, because that was from several years ago. Now, here's the thing: I think they filmed this like three, four years ago. This has yeah. been on the shelf for quite some time, right? Yeah, yeah, I believe so. Yeah, um, because as I as I said before, when I was looking at the cast, I saw that Bill Bailey was in here, and Bill Bailey's been dead for Hold three on. years. No, no, we uh. can't. We can't power through that because I did watch this movie that is oddly named Pleasure, a thing Randy's never experienced yet felt the need to watch. And when we were sitting down there, Clark, like he's a fucking autistic, uh, like his matchsticks are porn actors. And he was just like, oh, hey, that's blank. That's bl-. And I, I'm like, dude, this isn't healthy. And you're like, wait, that guy's dead. Yeah, he's dead. <laughs> Like who? Porn actors died. Dude. Well, I mean, it could be karma for what he did to the poor girl in the movie. It's that probably one of the most brutal scenes in that movie. That was, but I I liked how that was packaged. Yeah, because you liked a lot of the packages from what I remember. Immediately, we, we didn't see a whole lot of dicks there. <laughs> Actually, I, well, that's not true. We saw a lot of dicks. You you did. It still it still feels like that movie was kind of like holding back. No, I so let let's get into it. Uh to to paint a broad brush, essentially we've we've got a um what was she from? Norway, Swedish, what was she? 
Swedish. Swedish, Swedish. yeah. Uh, Swedish girl comes to America to be a pornographic actress. My bum is on the Swedish. And essentially, we just... <laughs> We just follow her trying to figure out herself as a performer in the adult entertainment industry. And her first scene goes pretty well. She gets a little nervous, uh, but ends up, you know, performing, doing okay. And then she's trying to figure out, you know, what type of porn she wants to get into. And she thinks it's one thing, and then it turns out that maybe it's not. And so she she gets in, she's, she asks her agent um, to... Book her for a a basically a S and M sort of a, a rough scene where she's going to get you know DP'd by a couple bros now, in the up. kitchen. Now, come on, you're the porn connoisseur. There's a distinguishment there that uh, you can S and M does happen in the well, movie. She, yeah, she does do that, but that's more of a like studio production, like yeah, like a niche thing, that, like a like a kink dot com yeah. from San Francisco, California. exactly, and it involves pain. The rough thing she was doing was kind of the like hyper misogynist two dudes, one of them now deceased, going yeah. at her in a yeah. way that they did not prepare her for. Yeah. Now the the thing is is you know it, in pretty in all the porn shoots that we go to with her, um, the the crew are played by male porn stars. So every like porn producer you see and every director and person running the camera, they're actual male talent in the industry. Um, and we, when she gets to that scene, very, the, the crew is very welcoming. And the two guys that are about to treat her like trash couldn't be nicer to her. And then when <laughs> the camera goes on, she gets startled because yeah. it's a complete role reversal and they take a break and then there's, a, Oh, what's wrong, sweeties? Everything. Okay. It's like, and then they're like, you knew what you were signing up for today. So let's just take a minute and finish. And then she's like, I don't want to finish. And then turns the switch because now everyone's pay is in jeopardy. Yeah. Of like, you knew what you were signing up for finish because all right, you can leave. No one's getting paid and that's on you. And so she sucks it up. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> you know the film dude it's fucking super interesting and in one hand it feels kind of like a larry clark exploration where it's kind of like we're not doing a lot of writing here but we're just exploring a real thing and it kind of feels like you're letting an actual industry do all the heavy lifting but i think that's completely wrong after i was thinking about it and it's basically a story an emotional story told by a girl's experience with an industry of work and it it's kind of a beautiful representation of like just the labor industry, like because we've all had multiple jobs and it can really affect your life when one is not good. And you we learn as you get older and you start working a bunch of well, I mean, I guess there is a poverty line here and I've worked a lot of low paying jobs. And dude, just like a good orientation can change everything. And this movie kind of illustrated that in like a fascinating way where like the people couldn't have been nicer at the like kink.com yeah. kind of shoot, but they were doing some of the weirdest shit and yeah. they were, she was hanging from a rope, like uh, in a kind of like hog tie fashion being whipped. Yet the dude was like completely nice to her yeah. and like everybody was friendly and they were almost like too friendly, like soft and kind of lame. And then the two dudes who were rough were like super friendly, but 
then you know they open up and they start slapping her right away yeah and it's rough but they didn't kind of tell her they were going to do that and she's crying legitimately and they're nice but it's like I don't know. There was a lack of communication there. But see, I, I, yeah, I think it opens up a, a bigger conversation here because, again, you know, from their perspective, like you knew what you signed up for. But did she? Well, that's the thing is that I think that, you know, they're certainly in the zone of like, you know, it, it, it kind of brings up to the second point I want to uh, talk about where um, we'll get there. But essentially, and we'll close at this point. I think I think so because everything in that industry they've got to be very careful with everything, right? Yeah. Um so I you know safety is obviously a big part of that, you know, cleanliness which they get into which I think uh a drop the best quote in the yeah, movie yeah. is uh y'all don't wash your pussy in Sweden. <laughs> <laughs> very good. Yeah, she didn't know what a douche was. And um, and then another female uh, actress uh, said that she had a cream situation down there. Wait, hold on. Now, let me stop you there, because one of the things that uh, I think illustrates my point perfectly is you could be working any job. And like I'll, I'll compare two of mine. I had one at like, you know, when I was waiting tables at Fridays versus like managing like a round table. There's one little thing that is like doesn't seem very important, but just the way that they treat you with it. And of course, I'm talking about the paperwork where one, you know, you have somebody sit down with you and they're like, all right, let's go over your W-2. And like, and there's another one where they said, here's your paperwork, fill it out. And they like walk. And it's like, man, if I didn't know what I was doing, this could be daunting. You could just be looking all this legal jargon. And they do that in the movie. Yeah. And I thought that was one of the best things because they have to be, like you said, very litigious and like, like, you know, film people and be like, you're, you want this to happen. You're here on your own. You can leave whenever you want. And like they sit down, go over the paperwork with them, or another one's just like, "Oh, you can fill that out after." And it's like just that little thing. Like I could imagine walking on set and being like, "Wait, really? I can fill it out after?" You guys must not give a fuck. Like time to bounce, and then Ron Jeremy walks in in no a boy. Sentai suit. <laughs> <laughs> I I wish Ron Jeremy would have made an appearance. I'm glad he didn't. It well, didn't. It didn't fit the the style of the film. Well, I was getting if this was produced by Lloyd Kaufman, (laughs) then Ron Jeremy would have shown up. Well, I mean, so there was that one producer guy that you knew where everybody's trying to be one of his girls or whatever. Well, so he's an agent. Oh, he's an agent. Yeah. And I'm like, I was getting Ron Jeremy vibes from him. Oh, yeah. He's a he's a troll of a man. Well, you know, it's such a like uh, visual medium that when you see the people behind and they're like kind of like uh, blob-esque or like grotesque. Yeah. It's just like, oh. Like it, but I, I do appreciate that that was the real. So Spiegler Girls is a constant reference and a big part of the film as the um, the main actor wants to be a Spiegler girl, which means top of the top. Um, is that real? It's real. Oh, so people real. do talk about that. Oh, yeah. Weird. Yeah. So, and he and that is the real Mark Spiegler. So I mean, I, I'm glad that they did that. I, so it's kind of like a Playboy bunny. Uh, kind of. It just means that, you know, it's guaranteed work. Oh, okay. I yeah. Get it. It's guaranteed work. And some of the, the biggest, you know, actresses on the planet, you know, are, are with him. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sasha Gray. Mia Khalifa. I don't think so. no, I don't, no, These are the Gray. only people I know. Dude, you're about <laughs> 10 years behind, dude. <laughs> dude Mia Khalifa sucks. 
Pun? Literally. Okay, long. yeah, thank you. No, she, she refuses to talk about her porn career now. And I'm like, bitch. That's why I know who she is, because of that clip. Yeah. Where she went on a podcast or whatever they mentioned, and she flipped out. I was like, you think you special. <laughs> Come on. Everybody knows you from sucking black dicks. Fucking own that shit. I mean, something we have in common. Confirm. <laughs> uh, but no. And I will say, one of my favorite scenes um, was just the the impromptu nature of of it all that they had to go of like, okay, this didn't work out. Okay, now this scene is now this scene. Yeah. It was going to be, you know, a four-person gangbang. Now it's the two-person or whatever it is. So it's, um, you know, things changed like that. And then also it, it went from a, um, you know, a steamy, you know, lesbian makeout scene and they were going to, you know, do a little cunnilingus to, uh, you know, the girl figuring out that she's more of a dom and not a sub as she takes that, uh, little, uh, dildo and goes to town on that girl. See, I didn't get that. I thought she was just like, taking out a personal vendetta and like no that was her, her figuring out who she was 100 percent. that's where i got out of that scene it's like okay because she did say she was trying to figure out her identity mm-hmm. and that's why she she went she's like i'm a sub and so that's why she wanted to go in all oh, those okay those rapey things <laughs> and then you know um she found out you know the, the other girl didn't want to eat her pussy because it was nasty and though oh i thought that was a lie i thought they were same. doing a power play right there. oh it's possible yeah yeah it's possible but she figured out, hey, I'm more of a dom. Yeah, she also uh, and never we, mentioned it, eating the butt. And we see her, we see her, you know, uh, we see a new spark in her performance, and she starts to come to life. That's and then, so funny. and then that's the end of the film. That's what I. That's how yeah, I know. I, I'm. Yeah, it's interesting because I totally was like, oh, she's just like, well, fuck you. I'm gonna. I mean, yeah. literally, I took it that way too. Yeah. Again, we're we're in the end of the movie territory here so i don't want to go too far into that also it's an old film right oh no i guess it just no, came it over. just came out but yeah, it's, yeah. it's been on the shelf for years yeah the the reason i had a uh allegedly had a copy of it was because when we were gonna do the lookies last time i was looking for deep cuts because you know i think i mentioned this when randy covered it so it was just like lingering there now that it's out i feel kind of bad so you know what maybe i'll buy 10 copies but i i, th- I think it's a good look into the porn industry and how weird it is. And, uh, it certainly doesn't shy away from, um, you know, graphic scenes and graphic nature, but I think it does it in a, uh, artful enough way. And we care about the characters in this film. And, uh, I I don't know. I, I, I really enjoyed, um, how it all played out um again we did tease randy for finding it untitillating but i can now confirm this movie is untitillating 100 percent, yeah 100 percent. not at all and it's not exploitative no it's not exploitative at all it's actually kind of a uh huge accomplishment how they crafted this film together yeah like it yeah. doesn't feel exploitative or titillating and there is like i mentioned earlier a little bit of larry clark it's kind of got that non-actor vibe like when your boy spiegler shows up that motherfucker's never read a line, and I don't even think he's trying here. No, but I, that's why I loved about it because yeah. it, it it was authentic, um, and yeah, I just I just enjoyed um, nudity the the treatment that they you know, and I'll tell you this: 
sex workers have never been uh, more popular than they are now. You know, everybody wants to 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 back the uh, the plight of the sex worker, and I and it, for reasons, you know, I'm I'm all for it. But I think that this film is a good example of that. Yeah, I really like that one. What what did you end up rating it, Randy? Like four? Yeah, I gave it a four. Yeah, I might go. I might have to go four and a half. I really like the way that it, it like. Oh, the Clark special. <laughs> I re- I really like the way that it had that weird like corporate narrative in there. It's so interesting just her going through jobs, and also you know you get to contrast like them helping her do her first scene where she had a lot of like I mean expected anxiety and shyness and. She's just like a moral contemplation. And then you juxtapose that with the two dudes who are about to be slapping and choking her, also trying to pump her up. And you're like, oh, it feels kind of ugly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even though those dudes are chill. Anyway, um, you got anything else? Well, this is uh, the film where I sort of hand the baton off to you because this is also something. We- did we see this the same day as Pleasure? We did. Did we, we double featured? We double featured. Again, I hate it because it's like when we're done recording the show, potentially the only movie I'll watch all week will be directly after recording the show. So I have maximum amount of time to forget that I watched the movie, which happens <laughs> regularly. So it's 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 very. I don't know. Altruistic. What's the what's the word I want to say? Um, it, it's a happy accident that I'm talking about two films that are two of the most unique or possibly strangest films I've seen in a long time. And, you know, Violence Voyager being one of the more unique films I've seen in recent memory and Scare Zone being one of the more baffling, strange (laughs) films I've seen in recent memory. Now, to give you a little context, a little background on what I'm talking about here. Scare Zone is a film that was filmed in 2008. IMDb has it listed as a release in 2009, but I think it just came out, right? Or did it come out and this is like a revival? What's going on here? Let's let's get our producer in here to clear this up. I I didn't realize it until after we watched it and I looked it up. It came out in 2009 and it's being re-released on a, I guess, a bigger scale now which is Terror Films' YouTube channel. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, um, what what did you just say right there? Can you say that again? A bigger bigger scale like what? Like Terror Films' YouTube channel. A free YouTube channel. Man almighty. (laughs) Again, and this got on our radar how? Um... Marbles, R.I.P. Right, Madeline yeah. forwarded us a press release that she, I don't know how she ended up with it. She, Someone forwarded it to her. They just get passed around. So, so. Madeline, who is a uh, good friend, in fact, probably even family at this point, uh, is one of the, the oh, what what did Chad Lott call us? Uh, the raccoons. Trash pandas yes. of, of horror. She's <laughs> a, akin to that and she will dig through the dirt with us. So I'm guessing that she sent us this because she knew we personally would really dig it. But she did not watch it herself. Oh, <laughs> You Hell dirty yeah. dog. That's like, oh, awesome. This looked yeah. like something you guys would be into. And I was like, oh, did you watch it? Because I'm interested in what you thought. About <laughs> <it>. <laughs> well, let's find out. Clark, were you into it? Do you want to know some scare zone trivia? <laughs> <laughs> do i 
The sets were from a real haunted house built for Universal's Halloween Horror Nights entitled Body Collectors. Ooh. Uh, this film was also the winner of the 2009 Worst Movie. What? what? Who as is that? Vote, as voted by the 1075. What? I don't know <laughs> what that means. Okay. <laughs> Um, all right. So what we have here is we have a, a haunted house. We have a haunt per se that takes place in what I'm going to describe as a, uh, church fellowship hall. Okay. That's kind of what it looks like. It looks like one of these, you know, vague industrial buildings you'd see in like a suburb South of any major metropolitan area or, or anywhere in Florida. One of those two things. Um, it definitely has a Florida vibe. And also, as I told Russell and Oksana, the only haunt or haunted house I've ever been to was in Florida. So uh, it, I got a little close to home with this film. But the guy running the haunted house is British. Everyone else is not. <laughs> There's a goth girl named Claire. There's a guy who looks exactly like DJ Qualls from the profile. This movie is so strange, and I'm going to try to do my best to explain why it's strange. First of all, it is lit like it is a CBS sitcom. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it feels like a, a three-camera comedy, right? Yeah. Yep. It's insane. And the lighting, it just feels like a network television sitcom. And also, Randy, at one point, they actually use a laugh track to mirror people laughing in the room. Weird. But it is so clearly a laugh track. It is wild. Um, what else do we have? Um, the soundtrack. The soundtrack. Yeah. Screams. Now, again, this is 2009. So even within that context, this is an outdated soundtrack because it feels like something from teen sex comedies in the late 90s, right? It feels like they're trying to do American Pie because every song is like a riff off Flagpole or some shit. <laughs> and then we've got like the ska number. Dude, the songs are insane. And, and also with cheesy montages. Now, again, guys, I'm not going to say I didn't enjoy it, but I'm, I'm telling you that I just did not expect that ever and I, we weren't prepared for also it. vile jokes come out of nowhere it was like why is this why is this network television framed sitcom tell me about you know you know vile dick jokes well uh, and um, also uh you know the dj qualls character calls him that's a fag <laughs> <laughs> i'm like what are, what's happening right yeah now? it felt so removed from time like, I was not ready for what we were getting into. And, I, I mean, 2009, it still feels a decade, or it was shot a decade prior to what it feels like. Yeah. It feels like early aughts. Like, dude. And, dude, the characters in here, you mentioned a couple of them. You're not going to mention Spider, who's like the only POC dude, who's looks like he uh, his best friend is a, a bench press, and he just kind of bullies all the white people around there. He's also like the host of the and show. And he always has something else to do. He's always got another appointment. Dude, they have the worst line work ever, Ooh. too. Like, they have a long line, and they're mean to everybody in that line. So mean. <laughs> they are ruthless. Also, we spend a lot of time in what I would call the uh, exit through the gift shop set. Yeah. 
we're just in that gift shop a lot. And uh, the gift shop is run by Claire, who is the goth girl you mentioned, who ironically works at an all-year Christmas store. Yeah. Hilarity ensues. Big reveal there. Well, uh, I looked up Claire, who's Erin uh, Ash, I guess is her Hollywood name, um, under her Did You Know on IMDb. Mm-hmm. She's a tourist. So oh. congratulations on being Ford? the best Zodios. Oh, she's 5'3"? <laughs> And she she read taller. Oh no, dude. Goths, also, there's no tall goths, dude. <laughs> <laughs> also, how tall are you, Oksana? I'm only five seven. She's the tallest goth. <laughs> Congratulations. Maybe five six. I used to say five five. Well, you, you measure yourself without the platform shoes on. Uh-huh. <laughs> also, Stupid. <laughs> uh, wait, did I say her name was Erin Ash? Oksana, yes. how, how do you say that name? Arian? Ar- oh, Arian? All right. Arian Ash? Anyway, <laughs> we'll see you next A-R-I-A-N. week. A-R-I-A-N. <laughs> Arian. I think it is Arian. She was born May 15th. She shares a birthday with uh, Andre de Toff, who I uh, read from a book about last week. Also, I fucked that up. He did, um, he directed Waxworks with, in 3D with one eye. And that's what one of the things he's most known that's for. That's 1D. Yeah, and they're like, he was master of a medium he couldn't even appreciate. <laughs> yeah, and uh, when I stopped reading, that's, that was the next thing I had highlighted. Oh, well, live and learn. Anyway, Scare Zone. It, you know, I, w- I was really pumped to watch it because there's a shot on video film that Bleeding Skull had picked up that was shot illegally in Disneyland. And in my head, that's what I was thinking this movie was going to be. Kind of like a DIY SOV, all the acronyms, where you're running around kind of stealing footage and loosely acting around it. Not at all. They had free run of this whole thing. They actually, they trash that uh, gift shop too. And I'm kind of impressed and curious about how they did that. Because somebody literally gets thrown through like the cash register glass box, right? The, the display case. Yeah. They fuck it up. Um, I, I honestly, I thought it was pretty good. And the soundtrack really pushed it for me. Like it is straight up nostalgic, weird aughts music who i believe we were trying to shazam as quick as we could and oxana found a couple of them but you, you don't have to look it up we should make a um a spotify playlist of all the bands from this movie uh i yeah but i really liked it i'd actually be interested in talking to the director 100 he directed I, and wrote it wrote it <laughs> you know none of you heard it why did i repeat it I shouldn't have said anything. I just, you have to know, I have to let these things go. Because otherwise, I would have to devote my life to correcting you. That's fair. And I want to choose a different road. IMDb, I think they have the wrong trailer listed (laughs) for this movie. Because it looks like one of the the dorky friend from like Hannah Montana is in it. And it's just a bunch of mascots. This is not the same movie are, are you sure it's supposed to be the trailer for the movie playing there or just something new coming no, it's up? the trailer for the movie all right i did see a oh, they uh, put one for characters instead of scares okay okay i saw a dude in a uh mascot suit gyrating his uh groin area also this episode has a lot of groin talk you're welcome a lot of v's and p's coming up all right now russ before you get to your thing we, we need to settle this where are my statistics on Canadian <laughs> pedophiles. Uh, there's six of them. What? <laughs> Wait, really? <laughs> no, I just made that up. Oh, damn it. Oksana, what did you find out on Canadian pedophiles? I-, I looked up David Lynch's dentures instead. 
I mean, what he's a, a pedophile. <laughs> what or an absolute he? failure. All right, we can. The <laughs> only suggestions I got were about his hair. Oh my god. And um, something about does he have a race? What does he identify as? If you'd like to be a producer on the Overlook Hour <laughs> and receive no pay and no support and no fame, email us at what is it? Overlookhour Overlook at gmail.com. Also, I did find one. His name is Christopher Paul Neal. They all have three. He's names. a pedophile. <laughs> What's his deal? He uh, diddles little boys, dude. Yeah. Known for sexually abusing children, says Wikipedia. <laughs> okay, great. Is he in or out of jail? Most pedophiles are. <laughs> I don't know. I already closed the link. <laughs> God. Wait, why, are, why am I getting teed up with pedophile talk? We had to close it out. Okay. <laughs> We've been recording for one hour and 40 minutes, and two minutes into it, we started talking about Canadian pedophiles, and these two, you know, Tweedledee and Tweedled dumbass over here, <laughs> couldn't get it done. Wow. Uh, you know, the Canadian pedophile, it's kind of like ham and Canadian bacon, you know? What's that the difference? True. You know, they're all the same. Have you ever been shamed for calling ham Canadian bacon? No. I have, and I don't like it. I have been shamed for. Fair. I have been shamed for asking what Canadian bacon was. Tam. <laughs> <laughs> Next time you're going to drop some info like that, let me know so I can play the news stinger. All right, my turn. All right, how many do you have? I have. Do you want to take a guess? I hope one. You're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Two. Add another one next to it. I got 11. No, I'm joking. I got three. Oh, my Christ. Wait, no, I can't read my own writing. I have two. All right. So you're close. All right, here we go. (laughs) All right. The first one is a uh, movie that Oksana hounded me about for months to watch. I watched twice. She slept (laughs) through both of them. You slept one and a half, and I watched it the second time. Um, Okay. (laughs) Anyway, uh, do you like COVID movies? Do you like lockdown movies? Do you like movies that are not movies? They're NFTs. <laughs> then uh, guess what? Zero contact is for you. Oh boy! Also, it's a screen life film starring Anthony Hopkins. But guess what? He's not really starring in it. He plays a Steve Job type character who uh, he's into a lot of shit. He's doing a lot of technological shit, and then he dies. So the movie is a group of people who are in his conglomerate get together with a uh, last minute meeting. Thing is, this Steve Jobs played by Hannibal Lecter. He's been doing more than uh, computer work. Mm. He's been doing time manipulation. And uh, what does that mean? (laughs) Good question. (laughs) Anyway, the movie, uh, it's it's mostly a Zoom call, a highly produced Zoom call. So everything looks beautiful. The what does highly produced Zoom call entail? Um, remember when we were talking about the uh, tour editor theory and uh, how our found footage adventurer Thomas Burke seems to have his own style. He's an auteur of editing and his style is kind of uh, very polished and clean, but like kind of hyper and aggressive. Uh, we got a lot of that. So imagine when um, we're doing like faux doc elements about uh, Anthony Hopkins, you get a lot of like, dun, 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 like a lot of BGM. You get a lot of uh, CGI computer graphics going around. They're basically trying to doll up a zoom call. So as far as the movie, if you're a screen life aficionado and you just love found footage, this one's not a terrible watch. It's very studio feeling. So there's none of that like raw element of uh, found footage that we all probably are in the genre for. And um, 
you end up with the what studios do best. A lot of pretty people kind of working their way through a very heavy script. There's not a lot of improv here. And um just just in you know, I feel like I'm not putting this film out in the, the, the best light, but essentially what's happening is that there's a, an assassin who might mm. be teleporting around the world. Does he have a creed? Actually, you know, there are some interesting <laughs> facts. Oxen, do you have them pulled up? Like how many countries this movie was shot in or Yeah, per the IMDB synopsis, oh. the only sentence about this movie produced in 17 different countries entirely virtually during the 2020 global pandemic. We have a goddamn PR. We have a press release. Yeah, I read it. Okay. <laughs> She's giving me a look. Uh, I'll pivot away from it. <laughs> anyway, you know, again, originally this movie was supposed to be made for an NFT. I guess they decided this. What does that mean? Oh, man, I have to consider if I really want to take this conversation. So I'm, I'm sorry I put that on you. Are you watching a baseball game, too? No, baseball's dead to me. You you asked me what an NFT is, and then you looked at your phone, which felt like you're fucking with... I, my oh, phone's over here. You're rolling a spliff? I'm, I'm rolling a spliff right now. <laughs> we, we need to get you on the psycho magic, dude. This is bad. Put a pin in your wax doll. Would you rather me watch a baseball <laughs> game or roll a spliff? No, no, roll a spliff. <laughs> okay, so NFTs are not just like art that's stolen from DeviantArt. They could be anything, so it could be a video, a clip. Uh, this Everybody always talked about maybe this is the future for movies, because then you could have limited you know amounts of movies that you can actually own even though they're digital content i know nobody cares about this it was pretty much it feels like a gimmick now that they're releasing it wide not as an nft um the movie it's okay it's not it's nothing special anthony hopkins he's in there like Candyman in every horror movie now where he he pops in says hi makes a little bit of a cameo at the end was in it for like 10 minutes yeah we we get a teleporting dude it's pretty interesting <laughs> So the teleporting dude is funny because when he shows up, he's got a blurry face, kind of like he's on cheaters, but he didn't sign the contract to be on screen. And uh, he's running around. He kills people. Um, it's pretty interesting that they actually do have people in like Dubai on the screen, but whatever. I mean, it's a lockdown movie. It feels can like you a tell? lockdown movie. You can tell because they, they make sure to shoot out the window. Okay. You, you know what? Yeah. And the rear window? <laughs> shoot out the rear window and... At one point when the, um, you know, honestly, I shouldn't have said he was teleporting. That's a light spoiler. But teleporting dude, I oh, think, has, <laughs> he has dimension. <laughs> uh, he's basically traveling through the metaverse like America. If you don't know what that means, you don't watch Marvel movies <laughs> or you're intelligent. And uh, he travels through and he pukes. So we get blurry face puking in the background of the rear window. Yeah, the movie's not that fun. I watched it twice. Um so it is actually being released as an NFT. Oh my god! Wait, what? So we we wait. Hold on. We got a PR for an NFT. They did not mention anything in the PR about the NFT except for the poster says something about it at the very bottom. Um, the world's first star-powered feature film NFT. <laughs> wow! The only star I think I can recognize is Anthony Hopkins, though. Well, it's star-powered, <laughs> apparently. Um, Who would have thought the I face of the <laughs> NFT? Would be old ass Anthony Hopkins. There are it's limited to ten editions, but what they don't mention is the platform they're like distributing it on was developed by the director for the movie. Like, does that Whoa. matter? Yeah, because he's gonna get all the money. Also, Russ, you know this is a trilogy. Oh yeah, the two more sequels are in the oh works, being God. written, filmed as. <laughs> 
I'm not Christian, so I don't like punishing myself <laughs> for no reason. But uh, you know what? I'll fuck it. I'll do it. If we well, get, I more- mean, bro, we started. It's zero contact, so we can only go up from here. Yeah, that's true. There was I, I liked in the after credits they had a whole like making of because I don't think they ever had two people talking to each other on the screen at one time. They filmed them all. They're by themselves with like the director and a producer there. And then they added them all onto a screen together and made some kind of matrix looking backdrop. And yet they didn't mention Mike Costanza one time who developed this way of making films. He is uh, the fucking godfather of screen life. No respect. Mike Costanza. We love you. If you want to hear us interview him, go look back. I don't know. Somebody pull up an episode number. Um, anyway, that's a uh, zero contact. Again, a COVID film named Zero Contact. How fun is that? They started it like during lockdown. And they're, it, yeah, it doesn't sound like they've ever seen a Screen Life movie because they're talking about it like it's this a revolutionary filming technique no one's ever done before. But I think that's just because of how global or whatever, like how many different countries were involved. Well, that's because they never saw the groundbreaking John Cho film. Oh, God. I Searching. Okay. So in the- what a hunk of shit. The he the director referenced like Blair Witch Project and Paranormal Activity as a, uh, I guess inspirations, um. But I wrote down that it was had more of an open windows vibe. <laughs> oh, that's rough. Not good. <laughs> <laughs> it did though. It did. It was very produced. Um, it was also very busy. Yeah, that's a good word for it too. Busy. Um. All right. So zero contact. Can we close the book? No more contact. <sighs> Thank you. Until yeah, zero two, interest. Two, <laughs> Zero <laughs> and the uh, metaphors one. Yeah. Um, Apparently, right. Anthony Hopkins doesn't talk to his children. Oh, that was a theme in the movie too. What's well, you know? He was also, a bad dad. <laughs> it's also a theme with my father. <laughs> God. All right, and then the next film. Uh, I'll need to open up by giving a shout out to my movies, the app. It's an app where you pay a little bit of money and then you can scan in all of your Blu-rays, DVDs. Apparently you can do it with your VHS tapes too. I haven't. Oh, I'm excited about this. And, um, again, uh, Clark, Clark and I, uh, anybody who watches a movie with me at my house and it's kind of an impromptu thing will enter into the first and last obstacle, which is what are we watching? And this can end up derailing the whole experience as everybody looks around the room or pulls out their phone and tries to figure it out. Well, the reason I mentioned my movies, the app, is because they have a function that we found by accident where when you open up your library, if you shake your phone, it'll pull up a random title. Um, We've done this two times prior and everything has been a hit. It pulls movies up that I didn't know I owned and that I had never watched. I think Modern Vampires was one uh, classic film. And then the other was a The Baby. The Baby. Again, great film. I think Severn ended up putting it out after we covered it on this podcast. <laughs> You're welcome, Severn. And uh, so I was like, you know what? Terrell was over here. We had time before the new drag race started, um, uh, which was great. I'm. T- I feel myself slipping into wanting to talk about uh, the Judy Garland performance that happened in Snatch Game. Uh, incredible. Shout out to Judy Garland. Can I ask my you mom's something? favorite actress. Why not? Is your mom a gay man? <laughs> my mom, uh, her favorite movie is The Wizard of Oz. Why, why do the gays love Judy Garland? I don't know. But uh, Jinx Monsoon, who we've been able to see perform live a couple times out here, uh, was incredible as it. Actually, I, yeah. 
I do not want to get on that tangent. Um, so we had a little bit of time and I said, you know what? Fuck it. Let's use the app. It's never steered us wrong. This time I should add, I did a little bit something different here because it pulled up movies that we're all very familiar with. I did one and it was like heavy metal or something. It's like, oh, well, we all know that. So I did it again and it was something else we knew. And then on the third time, uh, we learned the tale as old as time is actually true. That third time is a charm. And it pulled up the jam on DVD called Wedding Crashers. No. Wedding slat. Wedding Every time. I'm on my notes. (laughs) Every time I fuck up everything. If you wrote it down, it's probably compartmentalized in your memory unintentionally. Multiple times I've written this down as Wedding Crashers. Multiple times. In the doc, on my notes. Wedding Crashers. Be better. I brought the DVD in the room so that I wouldn't do that. And it... (laughs) Such and, a good name, too. <laughs> so Wedding Slashers, which is actually a play on Wedding Crashers. It's it's good. Um, has a couple of the best taglines, which really gave me some, uh, some hope. On the cover, it says, this is one wedding you won't want to crash. So again, that's their fault. They put it out there. Hey, Randy's going to a wedding this week. Oh, Randy, you know, you should bring this copy. I'll mail it to you. Um, Maybe I will. <laughs> on the back it says scream now or forever hold your peace good that's good oh, yeah now the poster on imdb has here comes the blood <laughs> here comes the blood oh i was thinking of pob here comes the wait pob <laughs> you are a goddamn wreck today it's the coffee dude um can help payable on beth so what do you what do you guys think wedding slashers is about well, Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson. <laughs> okay, I mean, so there might be a slasher, right? Maybe a couple. Why is that plural? That these are the questions uh, me and Terrell I'd were love, talking I'd about. I'd love a couple slasher. Oh, geez, that would be cute if they get married and then they start killing people together. There's not enough tag it's, team slashers. It's called head case. There's eight of them. Oh my god! <laughs> Good job. Wait, what was uh the homie Jasadi? What what the fuck did he call it? Um. Curb Your Enthusiasm, but a found footage movie. <laughs> Head case, yeah, it's great. Anyway, Wedding Slashers uh, opens up. And if you're like me, if you're the trash panda of horror, you encounter this a lot where you get in and there's a moment of instant regret. And you're like, oh, fuck. I could pull the cord right now. We could end this and we could we could get out of here and what? save the next 90 minutes of this. But you never do that. I, I don't do it. You've done it one time that I know of. What was it? Do you know? No, I don't. You don't remember the one movie you bailed on? No. What we was talked it? about it on the show. Talking tattoo one. Oh, what was that called? Velvet Buzzsaw. Oh, you're uh, right. Yeah. Good it. choice. Yeah. You know what? I need to remember that. That's a one star for me. Um, Whatever. So in this movie, it, it it just, man, it opened up and it was like, what did it say? 40 years ago. Yeah. And we're like, okay. <laughs> and then it was just like people hanging out and they're like flirting and it just threatened to be boring. Like the whole movie. They're in a car. They're on the side of the road. They're uh, making out. I don't know. They can't start the car. Dude gets out to work on it. Creepy guy shows up. Uh, it turns out he's not actually that creepy. And it's kind of, there's like comedic writing there and i'm like oh no like a low budget horror comedy like 
Well, fuck it. And here's the thing. You know, Terrell, part of the Overlook Theater, one of the best things about him is he will wade through the garbage with us. He is also a true uh, trash panda of horror. <laughs> and I, I knew, you know, at least we have good company on this ride. And we're just sitting there and... Yeah, but the thing with Terrell is that he only likes trash. <laughs> <laughs> he's a connoisseur. He's, he's a brother in arms when it comes to that. And, you know, we're doing stuff and a guy shows up and blah, blah, blah. And then the girl's abducted and it's like, oh, no, man. We're like 10 minutes in this movie. We're still in a 40 years ago, <laughs> which is like kind of alarming. A dude gets tied up and then a guy comes in and he looks like he's a post-apocalyptic protagonist. Like, he's got a gas mask on and a jumpsuit. We're like, that's not a fucking slasher. What if he was post-apocalypto? Oh, dude, I I think that movie's ready for a rewatch. I I would rewatch it. You know I've never seen it. That'd be a good barbecue movie. God, what? <laughs> <laughs> you are a manic don't, mess today, Don't bring dude. it up then. So, you know, gas mask slasher. I'm like, how uninspiring is that? It's like, all right, let's get our off-camera kill and move along. Well- he takes out a blade and he cuts the, the girl's face and they show it. And it made a palpable, oh, because we were not expecting. And there was prosthetics and blood. It, isn't, that, isn't that the best, though? Oh, it's the best. I'm getting goosebumps right now. And I went, oh, shit, we got to fucking kill, dude. So then we get out of the 40 years later and now we're four years ago. And we're like, okay, four years ago. All right. So we're, we're catching up to modern time. Uh, same girl. She's on a date. She's sneaking out of her house, turns around. There's a, somebody peeking through the window. She's like, we got to get out of here. And we're like, what is going on with this movie? Anyway, uh, they kill that boyfriend, too. And it's brutal. It's on. I believe he's strung up by a noose. Now, uh, one of my favorite things I always talk about, the trailer for The Gallows, where a ghost hangs a girl. And it's like a floating slasher. We're not quite doing that here. We have another kind of boring looking slasher guy. But he. He strings a dude up by the neck. He's holding him on the ground. And then he shoves a chainsaw through the back of him. So the rotating blade comes out of his stomach. And we're like, what the fuck is happening here? This movie's going bonkers. And it doesn't stop. Uh, we catch up to modern time. The girl's getting married now. And as the audience, we're kind of like, hey, uh, her boyfriends usually don't end up with the best uh, end to their life. But this seems to be going okay, except that we're introduced at a bachelorette party and a bachelor party that are taking place the night before the wedding. So there is just straight up orgies happening at the bachelorette party. Okay. At the bachelor party, a bunch of dorks are navigating their first time at a strip club. Okay. People Hell die yeah. at both. And there's blood and they're interesting. And then we move into the wedding. And this is where, uh, this is where I'll end. If you have, you probably don't own wedding slashers. Can can people find it anywhere? You should look that up, Oksana. Um, also, uh, look up the pedophile situation. Well, here. I don't got any pedophile. Actually, no. I raise your pedophile and add a little bit of incest. As this movie's about uh, our, our lead girl. Her family is an incestuous group of rednecks who uh, her brother raped her when she was 14 and tried to take her as a bride, even though she was claimed for her cousin checks out this is the background also her whole family are the slashers so oh. when the wedding happens her whole family shows up and tries to kill people up a dog. the movie's a little self-aware in a good way i i mean that uh 
And shout out to one of my favorite characters who is doing the Texas Chainsaw thing, except he doesn't have a chainsaw. He's also got a very effeminate voice, which is fantastic. Um, and he's also got four different knives on him. His, the way he kills people with them is he throws them at you. Nice. He misses twice. <laughs> it is hilarious. The other two times, dude, it's fucking fantastic. This movie was uh, exactly why we are trash pandas of horror. Sometimes you get in there, you're looking for a good time, and nine out of ten times you are met with a boring evening where hopefully you have good friends and you can talk about the film and uh, you know not necessarily say what you have done differently, but just talk about why you didn't like it or what you did like. And every now and then you find a fucking gem like wedding slashers. And then you go on your podcast and talk about it. I <laughs> highly recommend it. Uh, this would be a blast to like show in the theater. It's one of those where you just get people in their blind and you fuck them up. Um, is it available anywhere? There's a bunch of DVDs on eBay and it might actually just be on YouTube, but I don't want to, it doesn't look like it. I don't you know, know if, if it's legitimate. If it's on YouTube, just don't watch it alone. Invite some friends over, but, uh, how much is that DVD going for? It has to be under $10. It's like between $3.99 and $9.99. There you go. I would own it. It's fucking good. How many stars? Oh, I don't. At least four. Four for wedding slasher. Now, it is tough, though, because you never know how great the movie versus the experience is. Sure. So I want to rate it higher, but I think Oksana, it's probably where four. Are you? I think I'm same. Um, Shocker. <laughs> We don't always agree. That's true. But it was a lot of fun. It's one of the rare moments of interestingness you two bring to the table. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Also, I forgot to mention this. The best way to explain violence Voyager is. (laughs) (laughs) Hold on. We we have some music for this. (laughs) I I wasn't going to make you sit through it. Clark forgot to explain everything. (laughs) The best way to explain violence Voyager. Now, Russell, correct me if I'm wrong here. I would say Lord of the Flies and Tetsuro Iron Man. Oh, I like that. Thank, thank you very much. Thanks for bringing that back up. That also, was worth it. I read that from an online review. <laughs> <laughs> Stole it. All right. Uh, like I said, good show. Big show. Thursday. Very excited. We talk about animation. And I do a pretty good job of pretending like I give a shit about <laughs> fucking cartoons. <laughs> no, it was a great talk. Uh, those guys are awesome. And it was uh, super good that uh, they wanted to sit down and fuck around with us for an hour. Uh, okay. So that is Thursday. Uh, Randy, you got anything else before we go? Uh, no, other than I guess that I will not be here for the intro next week. I will be Attending a wedding in Los Angeles. I might try to go to the new Beverly while I'm there. Um, and then I will be visiting my sister in Boise. And uh, I want to dispel the rumors on the Reddit and the, uh, the Discord that don't exist. That I'm a millionaire and that I bought a very expensive house. That is not true. <laughs> Dude, they've been popping. I've been getting push notifications Dang. saying that. I don't Randy, know where they, they got the information from, but um, it's all false. Well, Randy, also, this is I, a Tim Dillon bit. Oh my god! You do you do give off one percenter vibes, dude. <laughs> I am wearing a button down shirt, but it is not buttoned today because it's a holiday. <laughs> You're relaxed. <laughs> it's your vacation. You got to. All right. 
Oksana, send us away. Check out Zero Contact on Vuel. Vuel? <laughs> Vuel Brenner. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Overlook Hour. And if you would like to hear more, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever your podcatcher of choice is. And while you're there, go ahead and give us a rating and or a review, which is a very easy way for you to support this show uh, that we bring to you every week for years now, free of charge. And as always, you can find us on YouTube at The Overlook Theater, Instagram at The Overlook Theater, Facebook at The Overlook Hour, and Twitter at The Overlook Hour. Last but not least, you can send us your emails and tell us how much you like or dislike the show at overlookhour at gmail.com. And if you're nice, maybe we'll uh, read them on the show. I've been your engineer, Randy Stat. Please join me along with Clark, Russell, and Oksana again next time. Bye.